Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me this week is, wouldn't you know it, Jeremy Braditich. I wouldn't know it. You wouldn't? It's a surprise every week. If you don't know it, we're in trouble. Yeah, it's like just it, I actually don't even need the roof on this. <laughs> I started to speak. <laughs> I, I and, don't really either. Yeah, I started to speak. I was like, actually, I've got nothing for this one. I apologize. Guess what I did on Friday, Jeremy? What'd you do, Karen? Wait, I saw you on Saturday, so you know. Yeah. I got I got double dosed at the doctor's office. I went and got my COVID booster and I went and got my flu shot at the same time. Uh not <laughs> in the same arm. And boy are my arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> they were though. Yeah, they were. Today I could put them above my head though. Nice, good. I'm hoping tonight I could sleep on them without going. Because mm. even last night I rolled onto the other, the sore one, because I've wanted to be on that side, I guess. And I was like, Argh. how's um, how's the reception? Uh, look, reception's not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly just waiting for my Hulk powers uh, to come through. I, I, I was under the impression that that having injections in. One in each arm was meant to be a bit of a bit of a special event, bit of like a superhero origin story kind of moment. But mm. you know, not quite there yet. That's fine. Nice. You know, I'm happy to wait. All right, well, keep uh, me updated. We'll see how we go. Yeah, no, we'll keep you updated. The other thing to to update you about is that uh, viewers of the show on on Twitch or on the video will notice that, despite my assertions last week, <laughs> the contrary. Uh, yeah, oh, I forgot about this. I still have all my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I cut mine. Uh, I'm doing my part. You did cut yours. Your, your hair cut's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, we were planning to do it on the weekend, and then Sam was working literally all weekend, and today, and tomorrow, and the next day now. So, like, it's just... Like, I, I don't know. I can do it myself. But Sam wants to also shave their head, and, like... Yeah, right. Make some pillows. I'm sure I'll miss bits. Yeah, but that's like kind of the fun about it. Yeah, but when you've got hair this long, something good to do is to shave it all in ways that mean you can like send it off to like people who make wigs. Right. Because like it has to be like above a certain length, which mine certainly is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then people can make wigs out of your hair and that's like good for people who can't have hair yeah or just people who want more hair or yeah or just more i mean yeah. I, I don't know i can't imagine making a wig out of my hair be like wearing a carpet <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't actually yeah. imagine what that's like yeah. i have my hair every day yeah. on my head it's like wearing a carpet yeah uh that's not the show <laughs> you're right let's do that we're going to talk about Lots of things today. We're going to talk about Metroid Prime. We're going to. What's the other thing you're talking about, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I've I've got I've got Metroid Prime. Um, I I did a little bit of the Horizon DLC. I'll talk I'll talk to my time in that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the topic of the show being, who is going to buy Square Enix? That's right. We are going. We're going to tell you today. We have the answer. We don't have the answer. I've got. A, we are going to give you the facts. I'm just going to just... pitch you the name of the episode, Carrie. Oh, have you got one? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so you know how you know how like uh, our friends over at Press Start they do really good articles that do really good numbers all the time, which is the bargain guides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We call this episode "Bargain Guide Square Enix" <laughs> <laughs> as a property. 
how to the cheapest way to buy Square Enix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 cheapest place you can get your copy of Square Enix, the game publisher. <laughs> the cheapest way to acquire Square Enix. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Did I just say that twice? Maybe. Maybe. It's potential it's potential that I said that twice. That's good. I like that. Good. I like that. Do you think we'll we'll annoy Shannon? Oh, I'm I'm sure we're not gonna make a dent. <laughs> <laughs> Look! Look, bargain guides are our thing. <laughs> it was a games industry turf war. Uh, so those are, those are what we're going to talk about. Uh, in the meantime, though, but just as we get started, let's go through a bit of housekeeping. If you didn't know, this is the Minimap cast, minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. Uh, we go live this with this podcast on all podcast platforms every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access available to our patrons. Uh, more on that in just a second. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell your friends and uh, give the show a positive rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. It makes a huge difference to us. It helps out a lot, and it only takes a few seconds. Uh, if you want to get notified every time a new episode is released, make sure to follow us on social media. We are at MinimapAU. That's the Minimap account, at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live every Monday night, where we are live right now, 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. Jeremy, thank you for going in there and just writing standard in the middle of the act. I, I did. I put it in all caps. <laughs> you did. And it, and and I didn't fumble one iota. Yeah, no. We've just got to do it each week. Each week I fumble. It's just time to like Ron Burgundy the script and just make it like bleedingly obvious. Yeah. And I'll like, I'll be bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're live on Twitch. We always hang out with the chat before and after and during the show. Uh, during the recording of the Minimap cast, we'd love to see you there if you've got the time on a Monday night. Uh, we also wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the Minimap cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. And finally, Minimap is completely independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. To help keep the mics and lights on, you can support us by becoming one of our patrons. For only $5 a month, you get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, some bonus features we're cooking up, and more. Head on over to patreon.com slash minimapau to help us out. And remember, it's every week cheaper and cheaper than a latte with oat milk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> week by week. Every week, they get more and more expensive. How long before we are cheaper than two lattes? <laughs> Honestly, not very long. Sooner or later, no. yeah. Like it'll, it'll. What just... did you pay another week? Would you you pay like eight dollars ten for something, or like yes. seven dollars fifty, something, something? something ridiculous like that? Yeah, yeah. That means that means we're 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 kind of closer than we are further away from it. Yeah, yeah. So our topic of the show this week is just a bit of a prediction, discussion, hypothetical sort of thing. As I was alluding to at the front of the show we we don't have the answers to this we're not leaking anything we're just we're just pontificating we're just navel gazing <laughs> we're just staring at our belly buttons yeah is that what navel gazing means it's what it sounds like uh i believe so because that's your that's what that's what your navel is i i i believe that that is true uh the excessive contemption of oneself or a single issue yeah, yeah. Just kind of like the only person I've seen literally navel gaze is my brother. He used to spend a lot of time just like messing with his belly button. Yeah, yeah, like out of it. Yeah, excessive consumption of oneself or a single issue. So it's like if you just kind of like focus directly at a one thing, like babies do that. 
Right. Ba- babies will just like lock eyes with a thing, and I'm like, I'm just gonna look at this thing for like thirty minutes. Hmm. I wonder why navel was the was the one that they chose to to co- like codify that term. You know what I, I mean? I, I think it's because babies actually look at their navel because they're like, what is this spot that is always here? Like it's like a thing. Like they will look at their belly button, and also because like there's probably some weird like internal like this didn't used to be here in whatever memories you have of inside of the well, room. Yeah, I like, was gonna yeah. say like it's. It's also like the weirdest part of the human body. <laughs> yeah, like probably, yeah. <laughs> so so strange. Yeah. Um, I I was gonna ask more belly button questions, but let's move on. We'll save that for the break. Yeah. Um, uh, we're gonna talk about Square Enix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so as with all of our kind of discussions, we've kind of kind of broken this down into some subtopics. We're gonna go through them, sort of steer the conversation, direct the conversation that way to make sure we don't get too off track so we don't start talking about belly buttons instead. Mm. Um, But yeah, this is an interesting one because like the topic is basically like, well, what did we write down in the, the the topic that we wrote down for the show was Square Enix acquisition when? When does Square Enix get bought? Because everything they're doing in the last 24, 36 months maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, depending on context. Yeah. Feels like, feels like they've had like a change of heart. Like they're, like they're, like they're, they're kind of going in weird directions. They're making strange decisions. Yeah. Like the, the, the yeah. Like the history of Square is an interesting one um, because of, it's long. Yeah. And cause you know, there used to be two companies, then Square and Enix came together um and it it was this weird like they're a big company right you know they are like they are the owners and operators of the uh final fantasy uh franchise i'm not sure if you've heard of it um you know it is a Mm. a storied a storied company but like in the past yeah like two to three years they've been doing some some leaning out right some some leaning leaning up some not not leaning on not le- like leaning out of a car window no like no no leaning no. like going to the gym yeah 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 like they've like been shedding the fat that they have been which is a, a a common thing you do when you want to get bought is you get rid of unnecessary things that you own mm. or that could be seen as as detractors yes yes because you want to be a a um an appetizing price for people to mm. come and buy you um and it's also like I'm I'm not sure about it in terms of like actual tax stuff, but I believe when you are getting bought or when you are in the process of acquisitions, there are very easy ways to um, get rid of projects and have projects end without you having to pay money on top of that. Um, that the, people want to buy a simple thing. They don't want to buy a thing with a million cogs. So what they were doing over the past few years is they've been shedding studios, shedding IP to yeah. make themselves look appetizing because they, they have like a, a much more singular or at least a, li- a little bit more cohesive of a focus as a studio, which is we are going to be the JRPG makers in Japan. You come to yeah. us if you want your gigantic uh, Japanese role-playing games and everything adjacent to that. Um, so, so yeah, yeah they've been um, doing that for a hot minute now. They have, they have. So like our our first topic here is what 
has Square Enix been doing the last five years? So we've got, got a bit of context for these like strange decisions that we've been mentioning. Um, there's a, a few things that I haven't got like articles for that I've just written down off the top of my head. One thing they've been doing for the last five years, making Final Fantasy XIV bank. Yes. They've been raking it in with Final Fantasy XIV. And to a large extent, I think that has determined a, a significant part of their decision-making process. They're like, oh, hey, we have one thing. We have just one project right now that is bringing in millions of dollars a week, if not a day. Um, so no doubt they're seeing that and going, why can't everything do that? I'm just going um, to quickly share with you. This is from MMOs.com. Um, MMOs. 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 Yeah. Uh, Square Enix reports uh, quarter two 2022 earnings. Um, uh, inside of this article, it mentions that uh, a revenue for MMO games being Final Fantasy 11, really? Um <laughs> I'm just gonna. How I'm just old gonna, is this? Uh, like 2022. Um, I'm not sure why they're bring it, talking about that, but uh, it, it, like it says, Final Fantasy 14 is Square Enix by far most important title. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, Let's give you the numbers. It, it gives me the numbers. It, it mentions for some reason Dragon Quest 10 and and Final Fantasy 9. I don't know why, but 14.1 uh, billion yen um, revenue in. Just a quarter. Yes. Yes. So that's... No. Yes. Oh, I hate this chart. Hang on. I'm going to find another website. <laughs> that's roughly $140 million in one quarter from one game. Uh, this one is from Video Games Chronicle, which is a much easier to read website. Um, yes. The Japanese publisher's business posted sales of 274 billion yen and operating income of um, 58.9 billion yen. Why don't you just tell me how much they get? Vamp for a bit and I'll come back to this. Okay, no worries. So something else they've been doing, something else notable, they released a, a game called Babylon's Fall, uh, which was a live service platinum... <laughs> Jeremy's leaning in to, yeah. to read the... You know, control, control plus scroll wheel, Jeremy. It, it's, it's not that simple. <laughs> uh, so they released Babylon's Fall, a live action game made by Platinum Studios that was a complete flop. Just categorically something that no one in the market wanted the only person who wanted the only people who wanted it was was square they wanted a live service game that that went on forever uh that they could make money on week to week similar to final fantasy 14 mm. uh they also released an absolute buttload of other games with names that you can't remember uh, uh, the reason i mentioned that is because they like they just they've got a lot of stuff like one of the nintendo directs last year was one of, it was like the farming direct people called it um, and a lot of those games were like Square Enix, literally Square Enix games. So I'm just, what I want to do is I want to read you the list of games that Square Enix released in 2022. Okay. Sure. And we're, and we're gonna, and just listen to the names. It's more, it's less about like number of places and more just what they're called. Right. So we have voice of cards, the forsaken maiden, final fantasy six, pixel remaster, Babylon's fall, triangle strategy, Chocobo GP. <laughs> Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin that's one name Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition The Centennial Case The Shijima Story Live Alive yeah. Voice of Cards The Beasts of Burden Various Daylife okay. The Diofield Chronicle Valkyrie Elysium Star Ocean The Divine Force yeah. Harvestella Tactics Ogre Reborn 
uh, Dragon Quest Treasures, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, and then even more games like Paranormal Sight, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo leading into this year. Like, just random shit. Like, what is all of that? I, I, I haven't heard of half of those games. Yeah, like I've I've heard here and there about I think most of those, but like some of them I'm like I don't even know this. Like and it's like it's it's pretty rare that like a game a game company as big as Square can come around and where like I've never heard of this game before in my life. <laughs> yeah, and um, then like the next year talk about releasing Final Fantasy 16 and then 8 months later Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Like that. Yeah. Like what is that? And and like uh, so, I've looked, I've looked, and I can't find actual sales numbers for Final Fantasy fourteen because it's kind of a complicated mess of of subscriptions as well as in app purchases as well as expansions. But it's worth remembering that at one point Square had to pause new subscriptions because they had too much of a server load. Um, yeah. So like that that says it all, really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It it like at some point I don't know if it's official yet, but I feel like Final Fantasy fourteen kind of took the MMO crown from world of warcraft like slowly but surely i i i think so and on top of that it's also the series most profitable game um yes like like a singular which like is huge yeah well because it's not every other except for 11 every other final fantasy game releases well i was gonna say once but it's more like five times um it releases five times and each time they get a, a boosted sales, but like they don't get that continuous stream of income like you do with a subscription service, like yeah. you do with an MMO online game or something with microtransactions. Uh, so those are sort of general things. We also wrote down this list of sort of articles. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read these. These articles are in chronological order, so they're in time order. Uh, I'm going to read you the headline, the time they came out, maybe the subline in a paragraph to sort of give you a general idea of what they've been doing in terms as it relates to that shedding of weight that Jeremy was talking about and, uh, and just general strange decisions. So starting in 2017, uh, we have Square Enix drops Hitman developer IO Interactive. Uh, this was one year after they launched their new and improved Hitman game in 2016 uh, episodically. Uh, that was a strange title, but we kind of know a, a strange thing that happened, but, we know how that pl- played out since then. It's been nearly six years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it bears some resemblance to further actions they took further down the line. Um, the next thing I've got here is five years later, May 2nd, 2022. So almost exactly a year ago today, uh, Square Enix sells Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and more, including the Tomb Raider IP, to Embracer Group. So not just the studios that were making their Western development stuff, but also the IP. Uh, Embracer Group has entered into an agreement to acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal from Square Enix, alongside a catalog, a catalog of intellectual properties that includes Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and more than 50 others too. And Square Enix jettisoning their, not just their Western studios all at once in one lump, but also the IP that they're known and responsible for is really strange. Like yeah. Square Enix just sold Tomb Raider. Yeah. And like, look, I think out of all of those, that was sort of the one that was the most contemporary. You know, we haven't seen a, De- a Deus Ex since 2017. Yeah. Um, and 16 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it didn't do super well. Um, we haven't seen a thief since 2014, which also didn't do super well. Yep. Um, Those studios made Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and Marvel's Avengers, which were for Square Enix, 
financial critical failures. And and look, um, let, let's be real. Every single game that is made by any of their Western studios for the past 10 years in Square's eyes have been a complete failure. And that's th- right. And that is because... Fam- Except maybe the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot, the first one. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and that is because, like, famously they have... Uh, ridiculous expectations for what their games are going to be doing Um, and every single time they say it didn't perform as they expected it to everybody looks and goes like what the fuck are you talking about like sold millions and millions of copies yeah like (laughs) it it did fine game like like we're not in the era of you making final fantasy 7 anymore like we we, like that like that time has passed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so so that was that was huge that went through um what was what was the what was the uh oh that's right they three hundred million dollars for the studios and IP yeah like a a, a crazy cheap amount that is like and didn't didn't Embracer then turn around and sell like Tomb Raider again after that for like double the price it was something to do with some like they licensed it out immediately like i don't think it was double but it was like i i think they turned a they turned a profit like dramatically fast like just on like one ip like not even yeah. one of the studios like yeah. it was a ridiculously cheap and, and kind of thing and it's because right like this is what we're talking about when we're talking about you know like they're trying to lean up they paid embracer to take more than what they wanted like they did a not very good like they did a like a not good deal because yeah. they like Embracer probably said like like Embracer maybe said we don't know this but what if we just buy Tomb Raider and Square like we'll give all of this to you for cheaper if you take more right they yeah, were they wow. were like yeah. fire sailing it because yeah like we said they are much easier to acquire when they have less things to do now let's let's quickly pause that line of thinking the thesis of this discussion if they're not trying to be get bought or be acquired right now which is possible because we don't nothing's been confirmed it's just hearsay at this point but if that isn't what their main goal is why do you think they might have done this so square been kind of struggling a bit um in terms of like i like i i don't like i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure basically without final fantasy 14 square would be a different studio altogether um and i think that they we're not super happy with actually running studios outside of Japan, I think, mm. because it was a very targeted sale of all of their properties and all these other studios that I think yeah, that it was they were clear. They wanted to become a bit more insular. Um, I don't know why mm. outside of an acquisition. Because all signs point to that, but like you know, th- there there is a reason to believe that there is like th- there are less operating costs when you only have to operate in a single country. Um, you know, like you're operating on a single time zone at that point, right? You like you know, like you know, they, they still have departments in other countries, obviously, because they're that big. But like they can they can have everything sort of at home. Um, they're focusing on. Less things, which means they can sort of put more effort into those main things, um, and then spin out some of their, you know, like putting out a million and one Final Fantasy mobile games, for example. Um, they have the room, I guess, at that point to uh, 
have like uh like not take more risk but like th- there are there are less things to go wrong at that point you know yeah like if if they put out a, like you know the the shadow of the tomb raider didn't do super well like we know that uh, like cr- critically and commercially um between that and the I, I guess at that point in a way the unproven new hitman game that was coming out um marvel's avengers not doing what they wanted it to go as well as the that game lost the money like we'd like because especially across them and disney no one was happy with how that went and they they spent so much into it they spent twice as much on the marketing than than it ever made back um you know there were there were there was too many things that were not going as well for them um so that is a reason to get rid of a bunch of stuff and sort of have a bit more of a focused input yeah you just we haven't seen anything else like it in the industry that I can remember really. Like it's it's so yeah. fascinating. Like, uh, like nothing that hasn't been forced upon them by the yeah. f- the fear of um you know uh, receivership. Yeah, or people trying to get bought. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you know, like the, the other like the other reason they might do something like this is because. If they were trying to, if they were like getting a hostile takeover from somewhere and they wanted to change it up to make themselves look less appealing, which wasn't happening yeah. because all that stuff is a lot more, or public. to like appeal more to make such a drastic change to appeal to their to their mark to their to their shareholders, um, to to get through their point that they know what they're doing for the company and this is a positive change or whatever. Yeah, maybe. You know, like uh, I, I remember back in the day of Vivendi trying to buy Ubisoft, they exactly. started to throw out a whole lot more of their creative projects because I remember that, like that E3 where they just before Vivendi completely pulled out of Ubisoft was the most creative and developer focused E3 that Ubisoft, Ubisoft that yeah Ubisoft ever pulled yeah um, because they were looking down the barrel of the gun of Vivendi going like if this goes through we are gonna we are going to lose all of our personality yeah yeah, totally. And then ever since they've lost all of their personality. Yeah, yeah. And, and then now they've lost all of their persons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that as well. Yeah. Didn't help that half of them were embroiled in allegation mm-hmm. charges and all of that. Anyway, uh, Square Enix. Um, so the next article I've got here in the list. Uh, so that last one, if you remember, was uh, May 22. That sort of announcement of acquisition intention. Uh, that has since gone through. This we're jumping forward to February of this year now, so two months before, two months ago rather. Uh, this is from Eurogamer. We have fresh details on Square Enix blockchain, Square Enix's blockchain experience symbiogenesis revealed uh, by Ed Nightingale. Details of Square Enix's Web3 blockchain experience symbiogenesis have been revealed ahead of its launch this spring. The project was first announced last November as an NFT project to mark a, quote, new franchise, unquote. At the start of this year, the company once again stated its intention to release blockchain games. Now we know what Symbiogenesis will be. And, quote, interactive Web3 digital collectible art experience, unquote, on the Polygon blockchain. Um, So this is gross. (laughs) It's so fucking (laughs) bad. I remember when they showed off all the characters that were going to be in it and all of the generative parts of their NFTs. And it's like they've got hats with hair sticking out the top because none of it is actually made with any like thought or care. Like it is yeah. just so instantly dog shit. Yeah. As they all and are, like, but this one was like, oh my God. 
and it's strange, right? Because, like, games sort of dabbled in the, like, big companies, uh, personalities in the game space. There were people in the industry dabbling in Web3, blockchain, NFT, market share through the games industry for a little while there. Like, I remember when GDC, quote, came back. I, I said, quote, it's not literally quote. But, like, when it came back in 2022... People said it was kind of empty, and the only people who bothered to show up were all the crypto bros, all of the blockchain people, all of the people who were there trying to push NFTs through games. I mean, and think, think like, about Ubisoft and their and their quartz push when they when the fucking Tom yeah, Clancy's with a, with a with Breakpoint. Break. I was going to say Blacklight because that's Blacklight Retribution. Um, yeah, Breakpoint, and then that game is already like shut down, right? Like, there's yeah. there's nothing happening there anyway. So it's so clearly failed for them. Yeah, and so and there's been that chilling effect as as the prices that people are willing to pay for NFTs have gone away. That like the 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 the, the boom is over on NFTs. I would say I'm sure there's still stuff happening <laughs> let's, there. Let, like, let's rephrase that. The bubble very quickly popped. The bubble burst. Yes, <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. But here Square Enix is two months ago, after previously earlier in the year, recommitting to NFTs. Here they are with a full game project. Like they're, 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 they're still here in this space. And and why did people get into NFTs? Why? Because they people like to launder money. One JPEG for $52 million, right? That's why people get into it. Because they want to sell their JPEGs for money. Yeah. For lots of it if they can. They want to launder it. Well it's all a scam. It's just all a scam. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know about laundering. I think it's more about getting people who think that it is worth that to them to pay lots of money for something that didn't take them any money to make. Yeah. Pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And you know, like, and, and this also comes from the, like the, they got like the new CEO came in like a few months ago and he's also really big into the web three space. And so it's, it's very well, clear that they are going to continue this trend. So that's that's my next article here. So a month later, March 4th, right. Square Enix president to step down after controversial 10-year run defined by blockchain advocacy. Yosuke Matsuda, who oversaw sale of the company's Western Studios, which we just mentioned, will be replaced by Takashi Kiryu. This is by Jordan Sarani. Uh, they just go over that. Pending approval. So they've, they've announced its intention to replace Yosuke Matsuda pending approval at the company's annual shareholders meeting in June. Matsuda, who served as the president of Square since 2013, will be, be pra- will be replaced uh, as the person who currently serves as a director within the company. In a statement, Square said, Square, Square said the decision was made, quote, to reshape the management team with the goal of adopting ever-evolving technological innovations and maximizing on the creativity of the company's group, unquote. And it was funny because when this was announced that the, 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 the president who was... Uh, you know, as as the headline states, you know, whose run was defined by blockchain advocacy, the 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 sort of impression was maybe they're moving this guy on because they're sick of this person or the company being steered down this path of the blockchain and NFTs and all of this gunk for no reason when everyone else has seen the chilling effect and is moving away from it. But that quote that I just read out. With the goal of adopting ever-evolving technological innovations and maximizing on the creativity of the company's group, that doesn't read to me as a group that is about to move away from blockchain. That is about to move away from Web three. Yeah, they are going to like 
I don't know when, and I hope that they can stop it. I hope that it dies yeah. fully before they can stop it. But you know, their end goal is NFTs in Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, yeah, and and like and, but, and, and but probably also even the single player games. And like like Yoshi P has said, like we have no reason, we have no desire, and no plan to add them in yet. Oh, has he? That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like they've they, they've like he's openly said like yeah we're like that's not that's not on our plate. Um, but like, like he can be told what to do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, I just uh, I, I looked up um, uh, what's his name? I I looked up uh Takashi Kiryu on LinkedIn. Yeah. So the 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 incoming president. Yeah, and and as I was looking at him on LinkedIn, I noticed that I had a like a new like my network request, and I'm like, like who is adding me on LinkedIn? And it's my mum. <laughs> 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 oh that's so funny uh, i was like oh. oh maybe she's gonna get you a job yeah <laughs> oh man so quickly moving on from that uh president shuffle up announcement march 30th so about a month ago we have this article from anthony wood on ign final fantasy 7 nft trading cards on the way from square enix yeah. the digital cards can't be resold and could become useless if the service is discontinued. Yes. That's the that's the like subline. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they've announced a set of collectible trading cards to celebrate the 25th anniversary of uh, Final Fantasy VII, which will also be available digitally as NFTs. The Final Fantasy VII Anniversary Art Museum Digital Card Plus Collection, good God, will be available from March 31st. Oh, so it's already available. And will feature, quote, art, visuals, and famous scenes, unquote, from the 25 years history of the game. As reported by VGC, each 440 yen or $3.30 USD pack contains six physical cards and one digital exchange card displaying an alphanumeric code. The collection is made up of 99 types of training cards, three types of other normal cards, 102 premium cards, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that doesn't say anything about the other one. Uh, Buyers will need to use the Engine Wallet Cryptocurrency Smartphone application to claim ownership of the digital cards. Once customers have created an account and linked the app with the Square Enix web- website, they will be able to register the code found on the exchange card and claim one Final Fantasy VII NFT of their choice. According to Square Enix, it is possible to get an NFT version of each of the 207 cards included in the collection, which means you would have to need to buy 207 booster packs <laughs> to get all of the NFTs. Fuck me, dead. <laughs> like that's that's like nasty, like trading card marketing bullshit. Like that's always been kind of nasty, like loot boxy, like before loot boxes, right? Yeah. That's... Plus NFTs, like they really doubled down on it. They're like, oh, you can choose your NFTs. Which of these two hundred and seven would you like? Oh, be sure to get the whole set. Like, yeah. Let me just do a quick. That's that's like seven hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the final thing I've got here, April 20th. This is four days ago. Uh, Yeah, by Rebecca Valentine uh, on IGN. Square Enix triples down on blockchain with New Deal, even as other publishers flee. It's partnering with Web3 platform Elixir to promote blockchain games to traditional gamers. And I think this, if I remember correctly, was this the one where they wanted to sell their games? Yeah, because Elixir is a PC games distribution platform that puts Web3 games and regular games side by side with little to distinguish between them. And this, this is because Steam does not allow um, you to sell Web3 
blockchain nft anything on their store mm-hmm. not because mm-hmm. they're like morals are correct but probably just because they can't take a cut <laughs> yeah that is probably the biggest thing because yeah that that it, valve isn't but the, the most morally scrupulous I, I i am waiting for the day they they decide to get into that space because like it, it's just going to be a, a complete shit show yeah hats uh so yeah those are those are the sort of the, the heavy hitting points of the what square enix has been doing the last five years we've been we've been on this sort of first subtopic for a while but it's it's been in depth um it so you look at that company right now and it's hard to know what they want to do it's hard to know where they want to go it's really they're making some strange decisions for a company just for any games company just decisions that you don't see other companies making and they're making so many of those types of decisions not just jettisoning other studios not just doubling tripling down on nfts not just like changing their president as some sign of change and then tripling down on the thing that the first guy was known for anyway like it's all really weird yeah so there's the there's the context mm-hmm. and all of our all of our chat our second sort of point here is does square enix need to readjust their expectations now we spoke in that last one about how you know according when especially when we were talking about uh the embracer group deal when they were selling off their western studios we were talking about how for Square Enix, a lot of those games had been underperforming by every metric as soon as they came out uh, for the last 10 years. Um, it, But like you said, rightly, Jeremy, that everyone looks at those games and goes, I would kill to have that game under my roof and be you know, responsible for that game because it's being sold to millions of people. It's so recognizable. It's got great sort of market penetration. Like you you can't really get more like games industry definitive than Tomb Raider. There's, there are only a few things more definitive than it. Like, and they just sold it. Yeah. So, yeah. What? I'm, I'm just, just, I'm surprised they didn't, maybe, maybe they did initially go to them, but I'm, I'm surprised they didn't sell it directly to um, Microsoft. The Tomb Raider IP? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good because they had the rise of the Tomb Raider exclusivity window for that game. Yeah, um, that was that went really badly for Tomb Raider. That was a bad step for Tomb Raider. I, I can see Square Enix having seen that as a just a generally negative experience. Maybe they were just like, "Oh, we're not doing that again." Maybe. Um, if that had perhaps gone well for them, or just sort of neutral for them, maybe. Yeah, but, but like, like they don't care who they sell it to. Like it's just like. Will you pay for it? That's it? true. It's not personal. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that would have been an easy pickup for them. They would have went, yeah, like, hey, like, we'll buy the, we'll buy this thing that we've had deal, like, like an understanding of, and, you know, and we can sell it to a movie company. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so do Square Enix, does Square Enix, how do you say that? Do Square Enix, yeah, need to readjust their expectations in regards to their market share their mind share, how much their properties are part of the industry their, and their financial sort of outcomes. I, I think not anymore only because they have sold anything that they didn't have an understanding of. Um, everything guess, everything right? they yeah. own now, they have a pretty good understanding of. Mm. Um, especially and a hand games. in, right? Like a, yeah. like, a, like a lot of control over. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, the in the in the MMO space, they have one of, if not the biggest MMOs currently. In the JRPG space, they have the biggest Japan, uh, JRPG franchise ever. Um, and I mean, don't forget Paranormal Sight, the Seven Mysteries I, of Honjo. I mean, I will never, I will never forget. Um, <laughs> uh, they've still got Kingdom Hearts. That is still the one that is going to kick around forever. Um, and that's because, for the most part, that they are appeasing the mouse and and the mouse is yeah. appeasing them. So yes. that, that like that 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 franchise will continue to just live on, um, mm-hmm. which is just. So so strange. So incredible that that still exists, right? Like, yeah. Like I, it it shouldn't. Like like that is a, that is a thing that is, you know. If okay, Square get bought by like a Sony or like a or a Nintendo or whatever, just to jump ahead. Like, yeah. what happens to Kingdom Hearts? Like, does that does that still go? Because then it's the biggest company in the world, Disney, dealing with another one of the biggest company in the world. Whoever is going to afford to buy Square Enix. Yeah. To like, like, and it probably still will just kick around. They'll probably just keep the deal going. But like, it is. Yeah, or maybe run to the end of whatever the next project is and then they want to renegotiate and it might fall through. Maybe. Like, I feel like it would be, it would be easy for that project at that point to then fall apart easier than it is currently. But like, it, cause like they own a 50 50 share of that game. Like, that is a, like, that is a hard line, like, we own this, you own this. It is a shared property. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, just getting a little sidetracked. Um, yeah, like I, th- I think they know what they have now, so I think that they have now a much better understanding of their, of their, ba- their own backyard. Um, yeah, that means that I think their expectations are a little bit more in tune. I suppose we'll see when it comes to, I guess the the the, the two next entries of Final Fantasy. I'm curious about like it, like are they going to look at 16, which is not that it's an unknown, but it's not a it's not a complete known because it's a new entry in their series. It'll obviously yeah. Do, it's it, not a Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Yeah, but but even then, it's not a it's not a sequel to Final Fantasy VII remake, is what I'm saying. Like it's 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 new new. Like look, the reception online has been overwhelmingly positive, but it's a little bit risky, which is why they haven't made one since thirteen. 15. Oh, sorry, fifteen. Fuck, and fifteen was a whole nightmare project. Um, it was, and it and it had a decent reception, like decent at best. And look, you can tell they weren't happy with it because they cancelled a bunch of DLC. Um, I mean, that's true, but they also released a mountain of DLC for it too. Like, yeah, but that was like half of what they had planned. Like, yeah, I, well, that's that just sounds like poor pro- product management, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm curious, Final Fantasy VII Remake Two. What is what is their expectation of that? Is it of rebirth? Yeah, because realistically, it cannot be more than the first. That's true. Yeah, because we know it's not the conclusion. And but even and that, it's... like, you, you need enough people to do the first one to understand the second. People are not going to jump into that second one. Yeah, or if they do, they'll get lost. Yeah, it's um, it is fascinating, isn't it? I remember when we were still working at EB when that game came out, right? At the start of COVID. That was a whole time. We got it like two weeks early in Australia because like they'd already shipped it basically. And they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't tell people not to sell it because so many people were going to have it. They knew it was going to leak. So yeah. it was like, please don't stream it, like, but go for it. You can buy it. Yeah, That was fascinating. Yeah. Um, But 
when it released in that time, something I remember it was that we didn't really sell out in store. I don't think. But more than that, it came around in the secondhand bins fairly quickly and it came down in price fairly quickly. Like I want to say it was at like $48 within by, by the end of the year. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I think that's not uncommon. The only, the only games that don't do that are Nintendo games and some first-party Sony games. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. That, that's something similar that did that year was The Last of Us Part Two, which was kind of a bit of a mixed bag in terms of public reception when it came out. It was divisive. People returned it really quickly because, I mean, it's a single-player game, but also, like, a lot well, of people it, were turned off by it. But I think that I think the only reason people were actually doing it is because it's a single-player game. Single-player games get returned because people buy them and they're like, I've, I've done it now. I can then... That's true. Yeah, like, it, like that's just a single-player thing. So yeah, it it I, I'm I always think of that. I always remember being like, oh, I thought this was going to be bigger. I thought this hit bigger, like with how well received it was critically at the time, and with how well it seemingly sold. I still don't know that it did that well. Like I don't think it did original Final Fantasy VII numbers. Oh yeah, but like it's it was never going to, and also like I probably wanted it to. Oh, look, I'm sure they... But look, it, it did well enough that they managed to pull off two spin-offs, a mobile game that told the original story and another game that is, like, half-adapting, like, some middle-ground stuff, right? Like, it was enough to bring Final Fantasy VII back into the minds of everybody as a thing. Yes, um, yes, definitely. So I think overall, I'm, I'm sure they were happy enough with it. Um. You know, I'm sure they wanted it to do Final Fantasy VII numbers originally, but like, you know, th- that was never going to happen because that game spawned films, right? Like, yeah, that, that game kickstarted the career of of Tetsuya Nomura in a way that the world still has not been able to reckon with. <laughs> no, that's right. Well, we're we're just starting to reckon with it with the return to Final Fantasy VII and all of the bullshit he's pulling off. But yeah, so good. Um. But yeah, also their live their live service attempts in this space, in terms of their expectations, I think speak to what they're doing as well. I've platinum, been complete they're, failures. They're, they're, they are complete failures. Their deal with Platinum to make Babylon's Fall was born out of this drive to have a live service game that succeeded. They want a Destiny two. They want a second Final Fantasy fourteen. They want something that will print money. They want GTA Online. They want red dead online numbers they just want to print money yeah and but it, it seems to me that they don't realize that that's actually really fucking hard to do like you know what i mean <laughs> and like more often than not not very good right like you know when like yeah like, like there's and, a, sorry no sorry go on oh, I'll, I'll, there's just a I'll, very select few amount of those games that actually make it how many tom clancy games has come out since rainbow six siege you know, that actually yeah. did anything for a long amount of time. You know, Wildlands kicked around for a hot minute, but like, you know, the Breakpoint died, Contagion or whatever it was called is dead. You know, there's yeah. all like, you know, extraction, like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, uh, the division for some reason has legs, but like, that's kind of because it found a very niche um, that they wanted to hit. And every time one of these games finds success, Five die. Every time... Pardon? Every time one finds success, five die in the process. Well, yeah. Like, every time one more finds success, they're eating into the same audience that they want turning up every day. 
spending money every day, caring about the game every day. Those people who are into those live service games, there are only so many of them. And they're playing Destiny. They're playing Apex. They're playing League of Legends. They're playing, uh, like, so much stuff. So, like, Genshin. Like, every time another one of them succeeds, there's less room for another one to find a foothold. Yeah. So, Square Enix coming in with their half-baked, underdeveloped, like, Hail Marys. Like, giving the people who made Tomb Raider a live-service Marvel game. Like, yeah, it's probably not a... There's pro- there are probably worse bets than Crystal Dynamics, but it's also not at all what they're known for. Yeah. So it kind of went a bit weird. It was a bit funky because they were doing it for the first time. Like, giving Platinum Games Babylon's Fall, like, they're not a live service get. They're an action game company. Re- they're an action game studio. Like, what are you thinking? And, like, reintroducing that as a live service game was the thing that absolutely, like, broke everybody's heart, right? Because it was... Because people were so excited about it to start with. I was one. I was one of many. <laughs> there were lots of us that were excited for that game. And then the moment it was announced to be a live service, we all left. Yeah, everyone together. Like, that was, like... It only had, like, thousands of concurrent players at launch. And it quickly dipped into the, like, tens. Yeah. Like within a couple of months, yeah, or less. It's already dead. It's already gone. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is dead. It is like properly dead. So, a next little bit here. Who could buy Square? Who would want to buy Square? Yeah. As you said when we were writing this question, Jeremy, the list is pretty short of people who could. Because yeah. while Square is now leaner than they were, they are still huge. Yes. Even just with Final Fantasy alone. They are gigantic, but they've also got things like Dragon Quest, the Octopath series, all of their different um, RPG series that do so well. Um, it does mean that, like, we were talking about this before, we don't think Sega could buy them just because they, they just don't have the money to do it. No. So who could? There's we a, wrote down... Yeah, it's kind of five that we've got that, yeah. could, that could. Conceivably. So, yeah. Sony, which I think is everybody's immediate guess. Yes. Uh, Nintendo. Because they've had such a good relationship with Final Fantasy. They're like intrinsically linked. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo. Not known for... Another Japanese company. Another Japanese company. Not known for doing big acquisitions as of yet. They've done they've done a couple recently, but like... They do, they do smaller ones with studios that they've worked with, right? That they're familiar with. Yeah. Um, Microsoft... Definitely not going to be buying anything until well after Activision Blizzard eventually goes through. That's they've, right. They've got and too many eyes. Anything they do try and buy after Activision Blizzard goes through is going to be more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like something that is cross-continental like this might be much more difficult as well. I don't, I don't know if that is more or less difficult. Mm. Uh, Tencent, known, uh-huh. known for, for buying uh, percentages of companies. Yeah, like they're like the original Embracer group. Yeah, um, and Netties, um, which are very into buying internet companies, which is a funny, yes. uh, it's a very outdated phrase, but like, but Netties love to buy. That is the thing that they love. So, and 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 um, like specifically games, right? Like they own, uh, like I think they. <laughs> They do a lot of the China-based, yeah. um, like other like games that release directly into China that other companies can't make it in. 
Yeah, is Naraka Blade Point is that NetEase? I want to say it is. Probably. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, D- Naraka and Blade like Point. Guild Wars, maybe? Diablo Immortal is them. Um, I don't see. Oh, well, remember that NetEase and Blizzard deal that they had going on that like fell through? You remember that? That was them. Yeah. They were distributing Blizzard's games and yeah. Activision's games through NetEase. Yeah. Um, it, look, it's worth mentioning that NetEase don't have maybe enough to buy them. But I can okay. see them maybe coming to an agreement to merge or something. I think at, I think at this point Square are probably bigger than NetEase overall, but like it's 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 hard to tell. Yeah, with yeah. some with some of these companies at least. Fascinating. So, like those are the ones who could. Who do we think would want to? Let's immediately rule out Microsoft. We know they're not going to. They, Even like, if they want to, they can't, I yeah, would say. Yeah, like I don't think that Microsoft will will allow uh, Xbox to attempt another one of these until they're out of court. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They like, don't want them making headlines so soon. Yeah. Um, um, NetEase, I, I think, just like not big enough yet. Um, like close, but like not yet. Um, yeah. Tencent, I don't know. It's been a while since they've just wholesale bought like a studio, let alone like a whole publisher responsible for dozens of studios. Um, I could see them making a huge investment potentially, like maybe like a maybe like a 40 or like 49.5% investment or something in Square Enix. Yeah, so like it looks like that they uh they bought a game developer in Spain um called Novarama. Okay. Um who make Invisimals. Um, in, oh, I heard, in, I've heard of that. In 2022. But the last big thing that they bought was Platinum in 2020. Um, they bought Platinum? They're, they're owned by Tencent now? Uh, I believe so. Or at least they own a chunk of Platinum. Because it's like like Tencent buy different amounts of different companies all the time. Um, so it's, it's hard Invisimals. to like... Yeah. This was this was part of the like uh sky like Skylanders Toys to Life kind of craze. This is an augmented reality video game franchise. Uh published by Sony Computer Entertainment Europe. Uh game it originally released on PSP, since inspired toys, training cards, comics, and an animated TV series. Yeah, so Weird. like so. It, so I'm 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 reading through the Wikipedia page for Tencent and their foreign investments. Their ownership stake for Funcom, um, a, a, a bunch of other studios, including Riot Games, Sumo, Turtle Rock, um, is all like 100%. And they own various other stakes in other studios. Like they own a 22 stake in Bluebird. They own a 40% stake in Epic. They own a 84% stake in Supercell. I didn't know that. They they own a um. They own a minority stake in Platonic. Um, I think probably. Just... I know they've invested in Ubisoft and Nintendo. Yeah, th- they own a sixteen percent stake in FromSoft. Like they've got like so many, so many hands and so many pies. They own an undisclosed stake in Discord, I believe. Um, hmm. So it's it's they have so many different things. I can I'm not sure if they would buy Square Enix wholesale, but I could yeah. see them getting a majority stake in something like Square because they are a lot more defined. Yeah. So yep. So that leaves us with Nintendo and Sony. I don't think Nintendo will do it. I don't think they would do it. I think that's too too risky for them. You know what I mean? Like they 
they like taking creative risks, but not like big business risks, I don't think, in terms of their financial investments. Okay. In a world that the new Switch hardware yeah. does three quarters as, as well as the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got cash to splash. Excellent. Yeah. I think that I think that they could do it then. I think that they are worried that the new hardware is going to have a Wii U-esque launch. Yeah, they won't they won't rule out that possibility until it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like the Switch was a risk. It was a risk that they that they, they that they banked on and it, it paid off for them. But initially, they it was a risk they had to take because they would they were so in such a dire state. Yeah. After the Wii U. Yeah, and like they are stronger now than what they were when they were doing uh, the Wii U and stuff, right? And just in terms of like they have a unified development as for just for the Switch as opposed to splitting it off between 3DS and mm-hmm. um and Wii slash Wii U. Um, so they've got a, a lot more like focus now that I could see them looking at something like Square Enix and go like, like, we're just going to lump, like absorb you. Yeah. Um, And then the switch can be the JRPG machine. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they would make everything exclusive. I reckon they would still maybe keep it kicking around for a while only because they're in, they're not in that space currently. They're not in that, like make, bring everybody's, minimum spec down to our hardware well that's true at the same time like nintendo don't do that they don't they don't release games on other systems like ever yeah i think maybe that's the kind of thing where they would look at that and go oh maybe these properties would do well to stay third party in which case we're not interested you know what i mean i think that the moment they get another wii u-esque launch of a console they will start releasing games on other on other platforms because i really like i think the only reason they've been able to do that is because the switch just did well enough yeah like it was in everyone's hands to the point that they could just keep doing what they've always done yeah, the the DS and 3DS did well enough as well as did the Wii. Like the Wii U was catastrophic. Like it was bad. And, and but the, the, it was it was a it was it was more of a, a momentary dip in the grand scheme of things. And the thing is the Wii U and the 3DS like the DS and 3DS there was no competition for them to even bother releasing those games on, right? Cuz the other handheld was a single screen PlayStation own handheld that didn't do nearly as well as the those two. So they wouldn't have bothered. But if they are in the same league as someone else who is doing better than them in terms mm. of league as in genre of console as someone yeah. else that does better than them, then they will Steve look Day. at that and say overall we can just put it on there as well and make more money than we would if it was exclusive. Yeah, that sounds too like internet savvy for Nintendo to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I don't think it's a bad idea, which makes me think that they're they wouldn't do it. Of making that choice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then we then we come around to Sony. To Sony, um, it it seems like a natural fit in a way. It does in a, in a decent way. Like when when the topic gets brought up, this is what people say. This is what people think about. And. It, it works, I think, for both parties, right? Square wants someone that will keep them square. They want to keep everybody around doing the thing that they're already good at, mm. that they want to feel like that they are still that thinger, but they would love someone else to pay the bills for them, right? Yeah. Um, and Sony will probably would, like, I'm, I'm sure they are looking at Square. They are probably looking at this going, like, this will really, really 
like make our portfolio that much juicier, right? We can, yeah, like you know, Final Fantasy games don't sell that well on Xbox anyway. Um, if we can have them on PlayStation only, even though they kind of already are, I mean, which they do, I know, right? Yeah. yeah, like, but like, you know what I mean, right? Like, you Take know, 100% of the profit, I guess. Well, yeah, like they, they can look at this and they can do full on from the ground up, like, marketing of this console and they understand what the project is from beginning to end. They can have some input in those projects and they can do all of the, all of the other, um, uh, cross-pollination across other different like mediums as much as they want um, and leave it at that. You know, mm. they, they will be able to then shop out Final Fantasy to animation studios to yep. to make it a not just games any, like like it used to be, you know, have some have some Well yeah, because Sony's doing a lot of that push. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They can they can do things like I don't know. Other stuff. Marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just general, general diversification of portfolio that, that they will be able to own and say like, Hey, we own final fantasy. We yeah. own kingdom hearts. We own dragon other, quest, dragon quest. Um, and I think actually dragon quest does okay on Xbox. Like then they can like make that not mm. be a thing anymore. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like we would have seen it by now. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't know how long these things take. Um, we don't know, you know, Jim is busy complaining <laughs> to courts um, about Xbox. True. They're also acquiring small studios. Who did they, who did they, who did they acquire last week? Firewalk? Wasn't yeah, it? like they're a new studio. So like at that point, like they might as well have just founded it. Um, they've, never, they've not released anything. Um Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like they are like a like a brand new studio. Um, you know, their last big acquisition was Bungie, um, which you know was a big Just acquisition, huge. the biggest that they've done so far. Um, but I can see them. Look, I like weirdly. I think maybe all of the talk that they've had about the Xbox Blizzard acquisition has probably paused their current acquisition plans for Square Enix. Really. Paused, not maybe not paused, but I think maybe they're waiting to an like I don't like I don't know how this stuff works, but like it is it is it is they are getting subpoenaed by Xbox at the same time, right? And if they were to do that and then announce, hey, we're going to buy Square Enix, that is a big like like uh, gotcha. I guess, and it kind of undermines some of their arguments, right? Like of that like anti-monopolization, like bad for the consumer arguments and and it's like i assume they would want to do it to catch up you know to like have something for them and like i'm I'm sure i'm sure they are right because they don't actually believe anything they say right no it's all to get into a more favorable position for more profit for the company yes of course um and you know xbox don't believe anything they say either it's all just like we want like we want money you want money but we want money more so we're gonna throw shit at the wall buy call the yeah. money printing factory. Yeah, we're, we're going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Um, I've like I've got something else here about yeah. Japanese antitrust laws because it is worth remembering that Sony is indeed a Japanese company, as is um, Square Enix, obviously, and Nintendo. Um, this is just from a webpage I found about the Japanese antitrust laws. 
talking about two, like talking about the, the the Anti-Monopoly Act, which I think was updated in 2015, I think is the last time it was updated. So it is fairly current in terms of laws. Uh, the Anti-Monopoly Act prohibits such business activities by which any enterprise excludes or controls the business activities of other enterprises, thereby oh. causing, contrary to the public interest, a substantial restraint of competition in any particular field of trade. Okay. Um, when talking specifically to mergers and acquisitions, the Anti-Monopoly Act prohibits mergers and acquisitions if they would result in a substantial restraint of competition in any particular field of trade. The Commission may review a merger and acquisition and may prevent the merger from proceeding if it would result in a substantial restraint of competition. And so then I guess the question becomes, like, what is the Japanese government's or antitrust legislators' uh, definition of substantial restraint of competition right like that immediately falls down to what that definition means but the i mean my impression is that there's is fairly more stringent than what we're looking at with microsoft being able to buy activision blizzard king for example yeah yeah yes yeah like uh, microsoft buying abk is is all of this ftc stuff is a reaction um and it is a it is the government is playing catch-up because they're so lax with their laws that they're like, oh, fuck. We now should- that something scary is happening. Yeah. Um, you know, they fucked up when it was Disney bought Fox. They're trying to not fuck up again here, but they might still be again too late because they just, they don't care. Um, right. Uh, my understanding is that Japanese antitrust laws are a lot, are a lot stronger and are a lot more intense. Um, maybe not as intense as Europe, but still yeah. intense. Um, that being said, I have a... I have a, a, a bone to throw, not a bone to throw, I have an idea to throw you that has been kicking around in my head for a little bit and I didn't write it down because I wanted to get your immediate reaction. Rattling around in there. Yes. The comp- so this is just reading from the last paragraph. The competition may review a merger and acquisition and may prevent the merger from proceeding if it would result in a substantial restraint of competition. Mm-hmm. Now... If you think about some of their most recent games. Squares. Squares. Yeah. Their biggest games, the Final Fantasy games. Not all of them have been going to Xbox. Not all of them have been going to PC. Nearly, not, I, hardly any of them, honestly. Oh, well, a number of them have been going to PC. But yeah, like the big ones, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Final Fantasy sixteen. they're definitely not launching on PC at the very least. Yeah. Remake is remake came remake like came fourteen like, months later or something. Yep. Um, um, not on Xbox, but like Octopath did release on PC, I think Octopath Two. Uh, Octopath at least even came to Switch. Um, yeah, but well, it launched on Switch. That was a Switch game, but like, so you'd think that maybe they're bigger ones you might want on these platforms, unless. Yeah they want to make the case early that these games were never planning to launch on competitions. Anyway. Oh, so maybe because these, they already struck a deal. That means these games aren't on those systems. The th- there's com- no restriction of competition because they're just going through with the deals that they were already happening. Competition has not been impacted because competition was never planned to begin with. Fascinating. Cause yeah, there's no whiff of final fantasy seven remake coming to xbox in the near future 
and there's and there's there's and there's currently no whiff of sixteen going anywhere with the PlayStation Five. Nah, it'll be on PC, but it'll take a while. Um, um and yeah. fourteen is is its own thing. Um, but that being said, fourteen is PlayStation st- exclusive. Well, I mean, yeah, like PlayStation and PC exclusive. Yeah. Yes. Um, not coming to Sorry. Xbox. PlayStation console exclusive. Yeah. Um. You know, oh. you got to wonder, yeah. like, what is the real reason for that? They, I have wondered that. I have wondered, like, why why make such a big deal about 13 and 15 being cross-platform and Kingdom Hearts 3 being cross-platform for, like, the first time in the and, series and as long as... Kingdom Hearts and then, 3 might have also just, been, like, a Disney thing where they're, like, just release it on everything, please, and they're like, okay... Well, oh, yeah, but it was at the same time-ish in line with Final Fantasy 15 and 13, like, kind of that same 10-year push. Yeah. But it does it i i did always find it interesting that they went back for final fantasy 7 and said rather than go the like crash bandicoot insane trilogy route right which was coming out on all things now because we're not owned by sony this was i mean it was never owned by sony but they they for a game that was only ever out on playstation one until they re-released it in modern years like it felt it just felt always felt weird that it was limited for this second go around. It always mm-hmm. felt strange. Yep. Yeah, you gotta wonder how, like what what was the what was the the thought behind a lot of that stuff? Yeah. And was it I because think... they were looking at their potential new papa and going, like, we shall please Yeah, we yeah, shall yeah. please what, the future bosses. What will make you happy, yeah. With Final Fantasy sixteen, I can kind of see making an exclusivity deal heading into a uh a console launch. I, I reckon 16 was meant to be more of a launch year or two game than it has ended up being. We're, we're in the third year of these consoles now. Nah. I reckon it was meant to maybe have come out a bit earlier and been a part of that like sort of next gen hype for PlayStation, right? Like here's a, here's a next gen reason to buy a Sony console, the newest Final Fantasy game next-gen showcase kind of a deal. Because this is what the game is turning into. Like, Because still this much time later, there hasn't been that much exciting for the new consoles. I'll push back on that slightly, only to say I reckon that was actually probably going to be Forspoken. (laughs) Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Like, I reckon that was going to be... That that was going to be their tech demo game. That was going to be their, like, we've got a game within the first 18 months of the console. Um, And I reckon that was the one that got pushed. Um... I don't think okay, like I think enough. like only because like Final Fantasy 16 is is Yoshi P's baby um and you can sort of you you can chart where he's been working via Final Fantasy 14 um right. I, I think that I think 16 is on track and that's why 16 and Forspoken feel kind of weirdly close together for uh, adjacent games Well I mean you look at this entire year it all feels a bit adjacent doesn't sure. it like we've sure. got Crisis Core Forspoken in the in like um, within a month of each other. Yeah. Then Final Fantasy sixteen six months later. Then Final Fantasy seven Rebirth six to eight months after that. Like, yeah. that is intense. That is, is that is dense. That is a lot of Final Fantasy. I I, I think I think seven remake two gets pushed until next year. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, they said like winter winter next year so they never they never yeah, said like, we've, no, we've not got a release date or barely even a window. But like, I reckon that one becomes a February next year game. Yeah, or maybe April. Yeah. 
I reckon it'd be before financial. Oh, actually, I don't, I don't know Japanese financial year, so who knows? But like, yeah, like I, I wonder if part of this was a plan that has maybe been pushed because this Activision Blizzard acquisition blindsided everybody, and they don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to make this noise. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. They're probably they're 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 quite busy playing chess with Microsoft right now. Yeah. Or being one of the pieces on Microsoft's chessboard, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I don't know if this reference is going to hit for you at all, but you, did you at all see the Kingdom Hearts 3 cutscenes leading up where they were playing this weird, like, Kingdom Hearts-esque chess? Okay, it doesn't matter. It's was right. it live action? No, no, no. It was it was animated, but it was like it was it was it was in engine, and it's part of the cutscenes in three because the the flashbacks to the the main bad guy and the the old master from previous games playing chess when they were kids and talking about light and dark, and it's all it's all so hammy. Sounds like that like one episode in season six of Lost where they tried to explain the smoke monster finally, <laughs> <laughs> and bloody. CJ Craig, what's her name? Alison Janney's in it. Oh, really? <laughs> One episode. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, uh, I'm kind of wondering if we've answered this final question, Jeremy. What? Okay. Yeah, but I got a follow up below that one, which is what happens if they don't get bought? What happens if they don't? What happens if they don't get bought? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with them staying the course, except for this NFT stuff. Like, like that. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake is my maybe my favorite game of all time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and sixteen and is looking great, and Dragon Quest will do great whenever Final they make Fantasy another 14's one. Fourteen's doing really well. Octopath Traveler did pretty decently. So did Live Alive uh, last year. Like, uh, yeah. Dragon Quest, the, la- the latest Dragon Quest, did really well. Like that. That doing they're not they're not they're not actually doing that bad when it comes to their actual games that they're publishing which is what is what they do they're a games publisher despite the fact that we've spoken about that hardly at all this last hour and they like they still own life is strange don't they that's still them oh i think so they didn't sell don't nod i don't think they own don't nod right there you go yeah, like that, I they, think you're right. Yeah, um, a question then for you: if they if they do fine on their own, hmm. do they pick up a studio, Japanese studio? I've got I've got some contenders here. I've got I've got let me let me show you my wares. Not platinum. They've been bought. <laughs> let, let me show you. Well, I mean, it's only a percentage. It's only a sixteen percent stake in platinum. Oh, okay. Uh let yeah. Browse my wares, as I said to you earlier in the day, Kerry. Um, Sega. Yeah, because Sega. Yeah, because remember you said where is, and I said browse like eyebrows. Um, oh, browse your where is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Sega. Maybe, Square Enix by Sega. Maybe too big for them now. Yeah, maybe too big, and maybe not that like performant. You know, like oh, S- I- Sega are doing fine with all of the Sonic movies and TV shows that are coming. They got a Knuckles TV show coming on Netflix starring Idris Elba yeah, very they've soon. They've got all that other gunk. You know what I mean? It's like, a lot. It's a lot of IP. Like you know, they had Super Monkey Ball and yeah. uh, Yakuza and uh, 
um, what the fuck? Um, Shenmue, I think, is in there somewhere, yeah, weirdly. Uh, maybe Virtual Fighter them. I think that's Sega. I think so, yeah. Um, there's a, that, the, yeah, the, Sega got a lot of IP. Yeah. Two Point Hospital. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Danger Dave or whatever the fuck that, that guy is. Um, all right, so maybe not Sega. From I don't so- think Sega, yeah. Who? From Software. Oh, just Square Enix by FromSoft. Because um, that's f- a fascinating question, Jeremy. I know. And I think FromSoft might have run away with I, their success a bit too much for it, potentially. I, yeah, like I, if Square Enix did do that, it would have to be like most of their focus. I can also with, see FromSoft get bought by a larger company like Sony, Microsoft, or even EA. Yep. Yep. I'm. I'm constant every time i'm thinking of fromsoft i it's always important to remember their very consistent relationship with bandai namco for publishing their games uh dark souls 3 elden ring elden ring i think that's not it, sekiro yeah not bloodborne no but like they they when they had elden ring and they knew that buzz was coming they partnered with bandai for that yeah um yeah, I just I'm just having a look at. There was a list of, there was a Sega game I played late. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was Company of Heroes. Yeah, right. That came out. Um, was it earlier this year or late last year? That was Sega. I was like, that's Sega, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, if not Sega, if not FromSoft, not FromSoft. How about Capcom? Buying Capcom. If Square Enix buy Capcom. Or they, you know, they I think if Square Enix didn't know what to do with Crystal and Eidos, I don't think they know what to do with Capcom. I don't think they know what to do with Resident Evil. I don't think they speak that language. Even though it, they're the Japanese companies, I don't think they know what to do with games like that. Street Fighter. Yeah. With um, other various Capcom. Like, there's a lot of Capcom games. <laughs> Yeah, like Monster Hunter. Do you think yeah. Square Enix knows what to do with a Monster Hunter game? They'd probably love to have a Monster Hunter game. I actually reckon they probably would know what to do with Monster Hunter. That actually feels th- a lot more I in their wheelhouse. I reckon they think they know what to do, but I reckon they have actually no idea. Right. You know what I mean? They would love to have a Monster Hunter, but they don't. <laughs> uh, finally. Yes. Konami. Ooh. Mm. That one's a more natural fit. It feels good, doesn't it? It two, feels two it feels sleaze like a, bag companies, <laughs> sleaze bagginers. Yeah, yeah, that feels like kind of lock and key. That that feels like that makes sense. They've got a couple of IP that are big. They want to make money. They want to make money. They're happy to accept money from the dirtiest of hands, being pachinko or NFTs. Yep. So like they they won't say like we'll buy you or like but only if you stop doing this. Like, they mm. probably won't say that to each other. Yeah. And so, I reckon they could handle a Metal Gear. And Silent Silent Hill, I reckon they could handle. Like, that. The Konami's... And, and, Castlevania 2, to an extent, like, it, it, it's moving further out of their wheelhouse, like, every... As I say, each one of those franchises. But I reckon they are sort of strange and artistic and uh, sort of... 
Konami have a lot of random IP. Like, you know, let's not forget Pro Evolution Soccer, which became eFootball. Yeah, which flopped. Yeah. Um, They own Bomberman. Um, (laughs) uh, And they also have a lot of licensed, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! And... and That's true. A bunch of other, like, random ass. Like, they did, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Um, They would love that for their their card game ambitions that we know Square Enix has. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I think if, yeah, I think there's only two scenarios where like it really works in my head. And it's the kind of thing where like, I'm not a business owner or especially not a business owner of like a billion dollar company. So like I'm liable to be surprised by the decisions that companies like these make, but I think I would only be it would only make sense to me if Sony bought Square or Square bought Konami and I think any of those other ones I would if that actually happened and I read the news one day as it happened I saw those headlines any of those other ones I think I'd go wow really you know what I mean like it just doesn't feel like it works otherwise yeah and I mean, money change hands and then they make it work and, and then like studios fold and like the culture changes. Like it just works because like it's not, it's not like a, it's not a relationship. It's a, it's a, it's a business transaction. Yeah, yeah. But like there's only so many ways it feels like it works, I guess. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's super fucking weird. Um, yeah. Square is just being weird. As, as as usual, they are a weird company, and they will continue to be weird. Yeah, in the, in the same way that like, well, like in 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 a similar but adjacent way that Nintendo is weird, where they're just like they make decisions that you're like, I don't like this doesn't make any sense to me, fucking at yes, all. Yes, totally. Um, unlike, you know, like Sega, Capcom, FromSoft, can, not Konami, but like like those three, they make decisions like, oh, I get it, <laughs> like I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, oh, like this will make you money. Therefore we made that decision. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I understand that you want to make money. Yeah. Yes. As opposed to selling Tomb Raider for dirt cheap or as as opposed to like, you know, stopping selling a Mario game because you decided to sell it before a financial year ends or whatever the fuck. Fucking the thing that floored me was then Embracer turning around like three months later and like flipping Tomb Raider. Like, yeah. like a fucking rental property. You yeah. know, like like buying a house, renovating it, and yeah. flipping it. Yeah. They had they shook the hand of Square Enix as yeah. the other hand was moving to shake with um the, the other company. Amazon or yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, everyone, there's your answer. Question mark. <laughs> Nothing definitive, but there there it was. Uh, we're going to go on a, on a break now. We're we're nearly at the runtime of the show, but we're going to (laughs) come back with some discussion about Metroid right after this. So, uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap cast. As promised, we discussed further about navels in the break and birthmarks <laughs> third nipples that break really went places it really um, did it really went places and like not like it wasn't like it wasn't like full throttle like really really fast but it wasn't slow either yeah it it, it was it was steady <laughs> yeah 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 
anyway, if you want to catch that, uh, does that does that go up on the Patreon yet? Or no, no it doesn't. Not okay, not the not the mid show. Not the mid show. But our what's it called? Our post show. Post show will uh, where we will be discussing the finale of the Mandalorian. The last two weeks we've gone off on Star Wars. Once on the show, once in the post show. <laughs> uh, so like, will if you if you want to hear us rant about Star Wars again. Uh, that'll be in the post show on Patreon for you, uh, Sam. In the chat is asking us to put the 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 break in in the part in the in the, as an upload. We uh we we'll 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 see what we can do and we'll see what the workflow's like. It, it may be a lot, but yeah. it may be doable. I don't know. Uh, for right now though, it's time for the rest of the show. Uh, now you, Kerry, you might say the rest of the show. This is six minutes before the ideal length of this show, according to you and Jeremy. What do you have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> it's the show not over no it's not we have a few brief things to talk about i i am not at liberty to talk about what i've been spending most of my time on this week um i got to i got to play my switch on a train this week honestly which felt like coming home in a weird way <laughs> you know what i mean like as I, I was taken back to playing link between link to the past on my 3ds on the train and and breath of the wild and, right and uh, Odyssey, uh, when I was doing the most amount of travel and, and, um, Smash Brothers, I got so many spirits in Smash Brothers on the bus. Uh, like I was playing, um, I was playing stadium. I was playing Pokemon stadium and I died and had to do a bunch of battles all over again. And like, it kind of didn't matter just cause I was on the train, you know, like it's a whole different vibe on the train. Yeah. Like. That was nice. But uh, that's one of the only things that really came to mind for me. What about you? What have you been doing this week? I, I, I've been playing M- Metroid. Metroid. Um, Metroid. Um, so I finished Metroid Prime Remastered. Woo! I finished that on stream. You were there. You saw me play. Yeah, Sam and I, we, I saw that you were streaming and we were, we were organizing dinner and sitting on the couch and watched yeah. you stream. Yeah. Um, and I got to backseat you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm glad you did because like there was there was a little bit that I didn't quite put up, um, uh, a, a little bit that I didn't quite like fully grapple with, right? So like I was I, I was playing through the game and getting all the like all the different abilities and items and stuff. Well, you do only get the grapple towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as I was doing that, I was like, oh, like I'll. Like I'm, I've now. I think I've got everything. I'm ready to go take out Ridley. And then you were like, "Oh, not so fast." Mm-hmm. Have you got all the Chozo artifacts? And I went, "Oh, mm-hmm. are they mandatory?" And you were like, "Yes." And I'm like, "Oh, well, let me look at my list of Chozo artifacts." Yeah. It's like, okay, well, there's a list of twelve entries here. Yeah, and you had like nine I had, I had, of them I had, with like three question marks. I had two question marks, I believe. Two or three question marks. And I was like, oh, great. So I've only got three left. And you were like, ha, ha, ho, not so fast. The, you knowing what they are called does not mean that you have them. And I went, oh. And you pointed me to the big floating graph in the middle. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's, you, I, I have, I had four. You thought you had like three left to go. You thought you were at like nine and you had, yeah, like four or five. Mm. And you had like more than half left. And let me tell you, the amount of wind that that took out of my sails could not be overstated. 
There were so many times I watched you consider end the stream, I like was, just in your eyes. I, I'd, I'd considered ending the stream. I'd considered changing games. I considered doing it. And I came, I came to the conclusion that like, look, I'll just do it. How long could it take? And realistically, mm. with a guide, not that long. Without a guide, I would have still not have gotten them. Um, yeah. A lot of them are very obtuse. And I'll be honest, I didn't enjoy this part of the game. It's a complete, like, pacing dead stop. Like, yeah. you get this kick-ass final suit after you beat this Omega Pirate, which is a kind of a cool-looking boss fight, if not a particularly fun one. Yeah, it's a, the, maybe the worst boss fight. boss fight to play in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's kind of stressful and very slow. Yeah. um, Looks cool. But... yeah. Like you, you get and you get to the the bottom of the mines and then they're like, you've explored all the areas, you've but done it. nothing else has happened yet because you actually need to find all of these actually quite well hidden things that are sprinkled throughout the entire map. Yes, and it becomes this one extra lap around the entire world to to find them all. But the way the Metroid Prime's map is designed is not that like it's a maze. It is a maze, and it's a relatively linear one, all things considered. There's shortcuts and different elevator routes. But a lot of the time, to get to a certain area, it means you have to go through this fork of the Chozo ruins to get to this elevator. That means it's the shortest line through Magmore Caverns, but it does take that long. And then you're finally in the Ice Planet. Like, it it takes so long. And and the, the way the map works as well is is not the easiest to understand. And and so you're sort of you're going back and forth between various maps and drawing invisible lines between them because they don't actually link them in a way that is easy to read. And yeah. so I'm trying to find the shortest route through the entirety of the game as I thought I was about to leave the entirety of the game. Um yeah. which it 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 dramatically slowed me down, but with the help of a million different guides and just like, you know, about a about an hour's about an hour extra yeah. um of time, I, I got through them all and I was like, all right, let's 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 finish it. So I defeated Ridley, got to the final boss, did those. It was really Well, you, you defeated Ridley and then you got to the impact crater and you're like what is this? Yeah, I was like, is this Am like, I not done? Uh, yeah, like honestly, I thought Ridley was gonna be the final boss, and there's like another little zone. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I was, I, look, I was looking at it going like, this better not be that long. And thankfully it's yeah. not, but like, it was, like four rooms. it was, it was teasing me. It was like, <laughs> like, oh, how long is this going to be? We don't know. And I was like, if you don't take me to the end very soon, neither of us are going to get there. <laughs> don't make me turn this car around. Uh, um, yeah, you're like you're like 95 percent of the way there, and you get so frustrated, you turn the car around mm -hmm. the other 95 percent of the way mm -hmm. back. So, I I was watching you get through that final area, and I said to Sam, I was like, Sam's gonna no, Jeremy's gonna lose it at this final boss, and you will, and you get to the boss, and you're looking at this like hanging insect, and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it lands, and its health bar pops up, and it says Metroid Prime, and yeah. you're like, oh, it's Metroid Prime, yeah, yeah. The, the titular character. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so you defeat that a couple times. Um, it's a fine fight. Um, and then you, and then you roll credits. Um, yeah. It's my first time playing these games properly. I, I remembered that I had played Metroid Prime 2 once when it came out years ago when I rented it. 
Oh, wow. Um, or maybe it was after. More. Maybe it was after because I played on the Wii. Um, oh, yeah, definitely after. Yeah, yeah, because it's a GameCube game, isn't it? Um, and I didn't get it at all. Like, I didn't understand the controls. It's it's a bit obtuse. It's better Did in this. Did you use any of the classic controls, like, once while playing on the Switch? Oh, uh, yeah, I went through them all once to see what they were like, and I was like, oh, oh fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, you must be joking. Um, uh, those were the only ways to play those games, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, like, I think this game is fine. Like, it's interesting, and it's got some it's got some great vibes and some, some sick music and some cool designs. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's about it. I, I don't love the platforming in the game and I don't love the, the actual combat. Um, so I kind of came out of the game going like, yeah, it's all right. Right. <laughs> and okay. like, and I understand its importance. I understand when it came out, it was a different thing. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was like the, resident evil four kind of a, well, like, like kind of like Ocarina of time in that regard of like, this is like proof that this series does not need to be what you think it is. It can be, it can be a ma- it can be many many things, mm. including three D, including three D. Um, but I also think that it's in in its in its time now. It is a bit less interesting now. Um, yeah, and that's fine. It's like I think I gave it a rating when I finished it as like it's seven point five. Mm. Like it's it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so I was like cool, and then I, I moved on. And then I so so I'm going to talk about all three of my games in a row because they they have a a, a a through line here. From Metroid Prime, I waited to like I started the Horizon DLC. Yep. And I was like, actually, I'm going to w- wait till I finish Metroid Prime. And so I finished Metroid Prime, and then I properly started the Horizon DLC. And when I started playing the Horizon DLC, I got this feeling of like, oh why does this feel so weird? Uh-huh. And like, I can't tell if the, cause like, so like when Horizon Forbidden West came out, I quite liked that game. Yeah. I, I thought it was quite good. You also shotgunned it in a weekend. Yeah. 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 I, I just like, I got through that game cause Elton Ring came out, I think a week later. Um, That's exactly correct. Yeah. And so I was like, like, let's get through. And I really enjoyed my time with it. And I finished the story and I thought it was really good. And then I, I picked it up again because I started playing the DLC. And, like, I don't know if I just hit a rough spot, but, like, the combat, like, was bad and I was I couldn't jump properly and I wasn't climbing things properly and I was getting, like, weird bugs and the mount system felt really poor. And this was me trying to, like, and I couldn't... I, I just couldn't remember part of the structure of the game. I couldn't remember how to fast travel or... Or how mm. to like um, how to properly mount and like fly. Um, that is a like a, a classic problem with Horizon. It is a, a a harder game to come back to than your it, typical. It, it's very specific. Yeah, and like to just just to crouch and uh, like dive and like, like the interact buttons. They're all different. And like the weapon wheel and the the upgrade system. Like there's there's a lot of systems and and not all of them are good and i remember like and i so i started i started playing and i'm like oh this fucking feels weird and then 
And then and then and then I flew very, very, very far to the corner of the map to start the DLC. And yeah. as I did that, I jumped off the mount and I started okay. to glide. And as I started to glide, the pop-up showed up on screen saying, Hey, you want to start the Horizon DLC? Which is with like it cancel your glide. It canceled my glide and required it a hold X to get rid of the pop up. And so I like, and so I just they didn't expect you to not be on your bird. I fell and died before, <laughs> like before I could get rid of this pop up. And I, I've got it on. I've, I've got I've got the video. I'll show you in the post show because it's like yes, it made please. me buzz out laughing. But what was worse is that it then put me back how to the, back? the other fucking side of the map again. And th- then I remembered how to fast travel. So it wasn't as big a deal, but like, it just like, it fucking broke my brain. I like, <laughs> I was very much like, maybe I don't play how this right now. How long did this now. all take? How, like from start to you falling out of the sky, how long was it? It was that? like 15, 20 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause I was relearning <laughs> the controls on how to move and jump and fly. Yeah. And then suddenly I was back at square one again. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> um, so I started the DLC and it's got an interesting premise. Um, I, it's like the premise is... You're in LA. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know what I could talk about the premise without spoiling that game for you, but there's... Yeah, I've been avoiding reviews because I know it's like, it's post-story content and I and I feel yeah. like anyone talking about it is going to be talking about the end of the main game. I'm like 70% of the way through, but like... Yeah, I'm but not you're not up to the bit that it directly deals with. Um, Do you want me to leave? No, no, it's fine. I like, look, I, like all I'll say is like, it's got an interesting premise and it's part of the game that I quite enjoyed and part of the game that not, not everyone did, but they are leaning yeah. further into it, which I'm glad they're not like pushing back on it. Um, and I also, I'm not super interested in, in, in the interpolitics of a lot of the in-world clans. And so I'm glad like it's not tribes. dealing. Yeah. And like, they are dealing with some of that, but I'm not I'm, like, I don't super vibe with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, mostly because I just can't wrap my head around who is what, because they all have they all have names that I just can't sit in my brain for some reason. What's so I, wrong with the Osaram and the Tanakh and the Quen yeah. and the Nora and the, uh, the Kaja. Yeah. I like, I can't like, I can remember star Wars names, like fucking nobody's business, but these yeah. names for some reason just do not stick. Yeah, um, that makes sense. It's like it's like uh, picking up a Game of Thrones, like the novel, kinda, and, yeah, and going back, going to the final ten percent of the book, which is like not the novel, but it's like the appendix, the the appendix, yeah, and it's and it's all of the family history going back like two hundred years before the the, the the events of the books, yeah, and so I, I'm I'm now back in immediately Hard Horizon, and I'm just not super loving that because it's it's just been long enough mm-hmm. that I've forgotten and I'm I'm getting there I'm getting better but then I'm fighting like I so I fought this big tower right there's like a there's like a, a new a new enemy Sick. yeah like like a new it's it's not like a it, it's not a big tower but it's like it's like a like, building like a, <laughs> it's like a generator about two or three stories tall that also shoots you and is like a sentry sort of thing oh they kind of did that in um the the PS4 DLC uh they weren't they weren't enemies, but there were a bunch of towers in the frozen land that like corrupted the. Yeah, it, it's not su- it's not exactly like that, but it's no, it, no. it's it's adjacent. Um, Funny. Yeah, and that fight and me moving around that environment and climbing and grappling and I changing di- arrows. I died like ten times, oh. and it's it's like a really not very strong boss. 
Oh no! But it was just like dying. Dying always feels bad in Horizon because yeah. the fights take ages. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like this ain't it, Chief? Kind of a vibe. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Look, I don't know yet. I might bring the difficulty down and see if I can just breeze through for the story because I feel the story's okay in some instances and kind of lame in some others where it's kind of like, oh, like look what we've done. Like, yeah, you could have done better though. Um, so like, I'm I'm curious about how some of that stuff is gonna land with me. Um, I don't know. Like, I I very quickly actually stopped playing it. Yeah, which brings you to my third one. I started Metroid Dread again. <laughs> uh-huh. When did you do this? Last night. Last night. How much did you play, Jeremy? About four and a half hours. <laughs> oh, my God. Just just on a fucking whim? Not directly on a whim, because post-Metroid Prime, I was like... Like, I'd, like I, so I'd sort of an itch. I, I had an itch for the good part of that game, which is, like, the progression. Right. Yeah. And I was like... And I, and I was like, oh, but I don't like... But I need something that's a bit... A bit uh not not looser, but a bit like a bit director. I want I want a I want an IV drip of of the good want, part of that game. You want a bit tighter. Mm-hmm. So I started Metroid Dread, yeah. and I loaded up my previous save, and within a minute I was like, nah, like, <laughs> yeah, like goodbye. Like this is not, yeah, this is not a game you I'm going need, to continue. You need that, that mental map in your head for a Metroid game, and yeah. when you go away and come back, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I restarted it. And let me tell you, fuck, this game is good. Yeah. Like, it is so fucking good. The cutscenes are awesome. Mm-hmm. The combat is really good. Samus is fucking cool in it. And it's got some really cool design suits. Mm. The enemies are really enjoyable. Fighting the Emmys is really fucking fun. Yeah, okay. They are a really cool, like, uh, Nemesis Mr. X light. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that is really engaging and enjoyable, and it's a different style of gameplay. It it makes the gameplay feel fresher because you are going from standard Metroid as Metroid of room to room, um, you know, taking out enemies, moving on, taking out enemies, opening up doors with different abilities and all that stuff. To like to de facto stealth slash sprinting sections of like like yeah. I haven't got the weapon to defeat this one yet. So I Cat need a, and mouse. Yeah, so I need to hide and cloak and dodge and morph ball and use everything that I know how to do to get away from this fucking thing because if it gets me, there's a good chance I'm going to die. Mm. And then you get the ability and it becomes like a... It becomes a... Um, it becomes a like run, 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 turn around, like bang, 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 shoot, try and light it up. And then like, fuck, run, 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 turn around, bang, 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 try and shoot him. And then run, 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 run. Like, and it's really, really, really rewarding when you manage to take him out because suddenly you then get this entire area that you've been sprinting through and there's suddenly no enemies in it and you can just explore. And it's like, mm. the, and the tone completely changes in these sections. And then you go back to Metroid Ask Metroid. Yep. Great. It's fucking good. The loop kind of reminds me of what we were saying last week about Bowser's Fury, where like if Bowser's Fury didn't have the yeah. the, the dark time Bowser is angry and hellfire mm. mode, it would get stale pretty quickly. It would get mm. quiet. It would feel yeah, and, lonely and, and like and I I think this note. game is also solid without those. 
But this mm. brings it up. This elevates the experience. This turns it into a fresh Metroid ass Metroid game. <laughs> the bosses are great as well. Like they are like really fun and unique bosses. The zones are great. It like looks really good too visually. Yeah. Like it is like a really really solidly visually designed game. Um the camera changes are really great. There are those moments where you're running through just a tunnel to get you from point A to point B and they've just thrown a stunning background. And as you run in this in this room that is just a tunnel, the camera just pulls all the way out and suddenly places Whoa. you back into the world, and then it pulls you back in as you go into as you go into the normal rooms again. Yeah, that's some good shit. Fucking good. Um, the music is really good. I I I'm liking the music kind of like more than Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime is different because like he's, he's, it's a bit more immersive because it's in first person. Um, mm. but the the music in this is really good as well. Um, it is catchy but not annoying which is so good. Um, yeah, I'm just having a blast. And I'm like, oh, like, maybe I finished this game in two days. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, like, I'm glad you're enjoying it and glad you're having fun. You have two and a half weeks before you leave that save file behind. Oh, look, I've got less than a week before Star Wars comes out. Oh, that's true. I completely forgot about Star Wars as well. But yeah, yeah you got to... If, you, if you're going to make this save file, if you're going to make something of this save file, you've got to get there before Tears of the Kingdom because yeah. after that, it's over. I mean, unless you play Tears of the Kingdom and you hate it and you want Dread as like a palate cleanser. But... Yeah, like... Yeah, I, you, I, need that, you need that mental map intact. And I, I think I will. I, I think I will get there. It, I know it's not... It's not... It's not incredibly long. Like, it's, it's long, yeah. but it's not like a... It's not, you know... It's like similar to Prime, isn't it? Like... 10 to 15 hours or something like that. Something like that. Time to beat Metroid Dread. Um, a game that's paced to be that long, I really, really appreciate. Uh, main, main and sides is 11 hours. Yeah. Yeah, completion is 13. Main story, yeah. 9. Like, yeah. that's like... That's doable, is what that is. That That's a meal. Yeah. Um, Maybe you got a stew going. Yeah. Um... So yeah, like those are the, that that has been my my venture currently. Um, just you should play Metroid Dread. I plant it's on the list. You should you should buy it while it's on sale right now. It's on sale right now, isn't it? It's part of that promotion thing, isn't it? What the Mario movie promotion? No, the the Nintendo um, promo thing. Are the thing that we we're talking about on Discord yesterday? Oh, what the vouchers? Yeah. That's not on sale. Oh, I thought it made it cheaper. I, it does, but not as cheap as if it went on sale. Right. When they bring it on sale, it's like 30%. Right. Which is cheaper than the, the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't use the voucher for Tears of the Kingdom because if I invoice it, then it needs to be right. just the amount that I paid for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it ever goes on sale, though... Fucking, I'm there. I'm in. Yeah, it is so fucking good. Or like, let's just like quickly fucking Gumtree. You ever do this? You ever think, oh man, I wish that game went on sale and then not look it up on like <laughs> on secondhand? Like yeah, yeah. Metroid Dread. Let's see. Fifty bucks. Sixty bucks. Do it. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Do it. Ooh. Special edition, including Amiibo double pack. 
Mm, I got those amiibos. They're good. They're metal. It's $250. Mm, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the special edition? Uh, I box, think it was like a box. It's like an art book or something, like a little one. Uh, yeah, it looks about the size of an art book. They don't open it because I guess they want to sell it to you sealed or some, something like that. Yeah. And Samus is so cool. Samus has never been cooler than she is in Metroid Dread because she's got so much fucking attitude, but it's like cool attitude. It is like... Yeah. It's, it is... Yeah. She's so fucking ready for this whole game. She's yes. like... She's there and she's just like, all right, like fucking I'm back in it. Like fight, yep. fight me. There's like uh, there's a there's a there's a shot that I that I sent you um, earlier today, but like there's this awesome fucking cutscene where she's fighting this big dragon thing. It's called Craig. 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 Get get learn your learn your Metroid. I don't know shit. Um, and uh, when 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 it shows up, it's in like chains because it's like sort of imprisoned in like a lava pit. And when it shows up, it like lunges at 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 Samus, and like roars at samus but just can't reach her and she just stands there and doesn't fucking move and Mm. while her arm is still down she like starts to charge up the fucking power shot Mm. and just slowly raises it and just like fires it in in craid's mouth and it is so fucking badass it is like so explicitly cool Uh uh-huh it really is game uh in addition to a haunting steel game case, whatever that means, this edition includes the game the, the game card, five high quality art cards with key art for each 2D Metroid game and a 190 page art book. Wow. Spanning all five entries in the 2D Metroid saga. There you go. It's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, 250? Maybe not. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, great. I'm glad you gave it a go and you're loving it. I I was um, you said oh I want to play Dread now. I was like oh yeah you'll get to it. And I think that's just me projecting like my you'll get to it. Metroid Dread. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah you'll get to it. No, I just I just decided to get to it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was liberating. You just decided to, Jeremy. I stopped playing the game that I should have been playing instead of playing the game that I wanted to play. Hell yeah, we should do that more. Mm. <laughs> Uh, well, that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Uh, what a, an unforeseen episode. (laughs) I could not have told you the places we would go Mm. today, tonight, today, tonight. That's not this program. Nope. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you made it all the way to the end, hey, thank you so much. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, make sure to listen to next week's episode. Wow, what's on the docket for next week, Jeremy? We're going to talk about the best shopkeepers in games. Merchants, oh, merchants, wares, sellers. We, yeah, I, I, I browse, mm. browse your wares. Um, going to be a lot of Resident Evil talk. Going to be a lot Re- of... Resident like, Evil 4, no doubt, will enter the conversation. So will 8. So will 8. I love, oh, I love yeah, the Duke. I, I don't like him. Oh, I, didn't, I, I never trusted him. Oh, I loved him. Oh, yeah, he's, he's okay. I just never trusted him. I'm sure we'll talk about Ratchet and Clank. What, with the boxes? Oh, well, how about Slim Cognito? <laughs> he's not a merchant. He's a he's merchant. A fucking, he's a hoverboard racer. No, that's... that's. Um, oh, is this guy the, is this guy the, um, the rhino sales? Yeah, Psst, I need yeah. to be a robot. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. I'm the sure, I'm the sure. one that immediately comes to mind for me is the uh, merchant in Pyre, 
with his iconic soundtrack accompaniment and his nonsense words that he speaks. I don't remember him at all. Yeah, but we'll watch a video and you will. All right. I'm sure we'll talk about Khajiits. Khajiits? I don't think of them as just merchants. I think of them as just a, no, a, a species in Skyrim. Well, no, they're like the, you know, like, uh, if you have if you have wares, Khajiit has coin. That's like the thing. Just some of them. They're not the only merchants, though. No, but they're all merchants. That's like no, the, they're not. They they basically aren't. So many of them are. Yeah, but not all of them. Yeah, but it's like, like a, they're it's mages, a and I can and you can be a Khajiit and not be a merchant. Yeah, but what's the point? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, so get your get your merchant thinking brains on everyone for that one. Have a think about yours. Let us know them uh, on Twitter if you would like to let us know them. Obviously, the social accounts for Minimap are at MinimapAU. Uh, we're, we're on Twitter as well. Although as each week passes, I despise that place more and more. Um, oh, this you can... this week has been a fucking major thing. We'll we'll talk about this in the post show. But what a week on Twitter it has been. Right. Yes. Uh, but if you want to join us there for whatever reason i don't i don't super highly recommend it um i'm there at kj palmer underscore 24 where are you jeremy uh, at obi-wan jez and it got better this week it got better it got better twitter did yes because they removed all the blue accounts and it changed everyone's like viewing algorithms yes and suddenly everyone everyone started to see the tweets that they actually wanted to see again yeah <laughs> accidentally yep it's good yeah. and it's, that's the life i lead mm. Uh, you can also head to minimap.com.au for absolutely absolutely everything else Minimap-related, uh, including the Minidisc podcast and the latest article we published. Uh, for those of you that are live with us on Twitch, stick around. We're about to start the post-show, which is looking more and more jam-packed the closer we get to it. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening later, make sure to give us those oh-so-tasty five-star ratings. It helps out a lot. And consider joining us next week for the live show. It's a really fun time. Lastly, you can support us on Patreon if you want to help keep the lights and mics on. You can do that by heading on over to patreon.com slash minimapau. And for five Australian dollars, you'll get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, as well as some more benefits like the recording of the post show, maybe the mid show, we'll see. Uh, Jeremy, I figured out who says patron and it's Dank Pods. Do you know Dank Pods? I do not. Dank Pods is an Aussie YouTuber who reviews audio tech but he's just like a he, he's like a drummer but he's also like a like an audio nerd right and he's just a larrikin as well and he just brings that all into these videos where he like reviews like uh the ones that like blew up for him was like uh what are those air those uh those wireless earbuds that everyone sells on youtube um Oh, I don't remember the brand. It's fine, know. but he's like reviewed this like well-known like podcast advertised thing, and he'll do like the AirPods Max and like. Anyway, he's funny, and he says, "Oh, and yeah, I've I've got my patron on like patron.com, and it's like, what? There's two vowels in there, my dude. Yeah, right. And he's he's just an Aussie bloke, and he just says, "Oh yeah, you could join me on my patron. It's like you should let him know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I will. Take us out of here, Jeremy. Oh. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week for the thing that we said. Merchants. Yeah, Merchants. we'll be back next week. Bye. <laughs>